I'm really, really excited about this session. And Molly Harmon, welcome. This is our first time we are presenting together for one. But um, I feel like we are both very passionate about, you know, trends in our industry and really just kind of understanding what's out there in the world. Um, before we get started, guys, I do want to remind everybody that all of our sessions are going to be recorded. So if you're able to have, you know, hop in this later on or you have to leave, don't worry, you'll be able to rewatch all of this. Second is we actually have some polls for this particular topic. So if you guys will pop over um, to over from the chat box, you'll be able to see polls and I'm gonna publish some questions. So this is really just to help Molly and myself understand who we're talking to, especially when it comes to um, the trend side of our industry. So the first question I have, you know, we have for everybody is a headwear poll. Are you currently decorating, um, looking to add that as a heat print option, or didn't realize the headwear market is as big as what it is? So I just published that. You do not have to go and answer that right this minute, but just make sure that you do answer if possible before the session is over. The second question is going to be, do you currently offer heat printing, screen printing, embroidery, sublimation, DTG? This is just as we are talking from a heat perspective that we can kind of dive just a little bit uh, more into trends and how to achieve them with a heat press. And last but not least, which is actually one of my personal favorites, is what kind of decorator are you? Are you a specific brand where you are creating and selling your own product or are you decorating for other people and the reason why this conversation or that question is important is because when we're looking at trends it's really important to understand how to decorate for your particular brand and then also turn those trends into uh, decoration applications for your customers all right, so let's get started. The other thing is to remember that you can ask questions at any time. Just pop them in the chat box and Andy on the other side will definitely make sure that they either get answered or we'll see them. So you said kind of like, oh, you don't need to answer them straight away, but there's already been like over 50 votes on each of the polls. <laughs> so people oh, are really getting involved, which is great. Um, I love yeah, we've it. Had 30, 30, yeah, we've had over 100 votes on the poll. So Keep going, guys. Let us know your answers to all of the questions. The other thing is I feel like that's such a great way to kind of see the the peers that are, that are around you. So if at any point you're, you're second guessing yourself, I guarantee you there is somebody else out there that has the same question that's in the same boat or doing, um, you know, something similar to where it's a great way to connect with everyone. So, Molly, let's let's do this. Let's get started. We're going to kick this off. So global market trends. This is something that when Kelly and I were putting this presentation together, we probably spent more time talking just generally about trends than we did about our actual presentation. And then we had to get to the point where we were like, no, we need to put this in presentation form now. Because <laughs> like you said, there were just so many things that we were so passionate about and talking back and forth with and you know to put it into one presentation was was quite hard because there was a lot wasn't there even just examples we were like let's do this and this and this and yeah so much and even like the first kind of topic that we're going to segue into which is sustainability Janet, like that was a huge topic um you know panel with jenna earlier and really just trends that have 
the panel, um, the presenters, the educators on that panel, both panels that Jenna has done are really taking all of that information and we've put it into this presentation. But what I love is Molly and I didn't actually have any conversations with any of those panelists or Jenna to know what the conversation or what they're talking about. So I think it really kind of hits home that these topics that we're getting ready to go over are very, very, very prevalent in our industry. And it doesn't mean you have to adapt to them right this minute. It's just being aware of what is going on around you. So the first one we're going to talk about is sustainability, and that is looking to pr uh, looking to the future of heat printing. So whether it is the textile, whether it's the transfer, whether it is really understanding that we want to decorate items that are going to be with us. We're going to want to wear them, right? So anything from sustainability can be uh, recycled dyes and polyester. It's the eco-friendly approach, whether you're using less water, mixing in with recycled materials, and then, of course, avoiding use of pesticides. The other thing is as you can see down below, for those of you that do keep up with, you know, the, the fashion retail side of the world, that's only a very, very small portion of name brands or designers that have started to implement sustainability um, either right now or have made a five-year uh, approach to really work this into their business plan. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are having or that they are using recycled dyes or they're using plant-based dyes to dye their garments. It could be something as reducing waste in the office. It could be using less water um, and just really understanding that the product that they're making can have an impact, but let's just make it have a great impact, not one that it just goes into a landfill. I think having the leading brands that you've just mentioned adopting the sustainability approach, I think even just have them having them mention it within their, you know, their brand for the future and um, where they see their company going. I think even just touching on it creates that story for the rest of the industry. And even if, like you say, it's a 10 percent shift or a 100 percent shift, whatever it is, having those brand names that everyone recognizes, it filters down the chain that bit further and it just makes it you know, more familiar in the conversation, which I think is what we all need to be doing. And the good thing about you know, the heat printing side of sustainability is that it hasn't compromised on quality. And if anything, it's done the polar opposite, like having to produce the higher quality, long lasting, sustainable garments. I know some of the ones that we use here um, that you can tell the difference straight away the second that you, you know, touch them and print on them versus some of the ones that maybe aren't sustainable. Um, yeah. And, you know, even if they do cost that teeny bit more to buy the blank, the sale cost of that with the sustainability messaging and the longevity and, you know, the wash quality and stuff of that um, will easily cover what it costs plus add more profit onto it. And it means that you can have that message within your within your business. So, yeah, everything that I think the industry is heading in the right direction. The, the other thing that I look at sustainability is organic anything that has less toxins in it, or in this particular case, we're talking about recycled um, or just less of anything. Sometimes I feel like that conversation has a an idea that that means it's automatically going to be more expensive. But I think what it's really doing is training us 
right, as, as buyers to really appreciate the things that we're going to be buying versus just, oh, I'm going to buy it because it's cheaper. Um, it's really investing in those products that we, we know are going to be there for quality. Listen, every customer is going to have their own market. Every customer is going to have their own price point. Um, but I think once you take that approach of as a company to think um, quality and longevity versus wash, tear, throw away, it, it changes who you are as a brand and, and the, the pieces that you put out there. Okay, so moving on, sustainability, right? Like that's something we can go over over and over and over again. But the one thing I think is really interesting is colors. Where do our colors come from? So when you are looking at products from Bella Canvas or um, comfort colors and you're like, why is this, you know, kind of rust sepia color on a garment? How does this make sense in an industry where, you know, people work with Pantone colors or specific colors in their logos? Fashion week right there is when colors basically get announced for the upcoming seasons or um, like right now it is uh, fashion week or not right now, but spring 2024 has already been decided. So even though we're getting ready to hit winter here in the States, everybody that is buying is buying for spring 2024. So when you look at those colors, there's a lot of similarities from both London, right, and um, here in the States. And if you go to those brands that are leading more towards the trendy side of our industry, you will see all of those colors line up. Now, it's really about you um, as a decorator and in incorporating those colors into your customers' products if you have that type of customer that is willing to, you know, kind of let you go out a little bit. Molly, with the apparel decor, or excuse me, apparel brands that you guys have versus us, are there any brands that you're really kind of just noticing that are implementing more and more colors? I think the main two for us in the UK would definitely be Bella Canvas, which I know we touched on with sustainability. They're leading the way with that, which is great. But their color range, especially for their best-selling tee, the 3001, which I think we're all actually wearing today in the UK, which is great. Um, it's, it's so comfortable. Um, they have got such a wide range of colors. Um, I think it's like over 300 or something. Don't quote me on that because I haven't looked that number up. But I remember with Sam. Yeah, it was through the roof. They had so many colors. And the other one is All We Do Is as well. Their hoods and tees, um, they're just cool range for like sports. They're adopting a lot of these colors, especially especially into like their hoodies for like the coming autumn winter season mm -hmm. and the colors that we're seeing come through from like London and New York fashion week for autumn winter and then like leading into spring next year even though I think we've seen a lot of neutral vibes over the last sort of six months right that's been the lead in the industry that's kind of still the case here but you're seeing it's more of like a vibrant color with a neutral undertone is what this color palette like screams to me so you've got like your oranges your reds your greens your blues in there but they're not bright in your face vibrant they're kind of they're nice subtle tones and they've got that like you know undertone of the neutral vibes that we've been seeing which i absolutely love because you know i love stone and i love cream and gray and all of those but you know we need a bit of something more in there for next year would be good so this yeah it's, it's it's been perfect. 
So for those of you that are just kind of curious, like what's to come, you can go to Pantone. Um, that's the website. You can stay up to date with all of that. So if you're really looking to start forecasting or be you know, be the trendsetter for your customers. That's a great, that's a great way to go. You know, this is what we're seeing. Let's, you know, let's, let's try something like this. Okay. So up next fashion forward, okay. right? How do we, I know. How do we go? From it's like, it's the best of both worlds because I'm a fashion girl and I love our heat printing industry. So I am one that's always like, how can we make this come into our world and make it make sense? Here we go. So we're going to start with standing out with effects. Molly, make take it away and then I'll add in. Oh, so this has to be, I'm going to say this about every single slide in this pack, but this has to be one of my favorite slides because I think we've seen a real shift in what people are doing within the hip printing industry with you know the decorations that we have whether that be transfers whether that be vinyl um and i really think that that has come from the retail market so if you go and walk around any of your local stores your you know department stores anything like that you'll see these trends that are filtering through into heat printing now from, you know, the Essentials hoodie that's on the slide. That's been a massive, massive brand in the UK. I know partly for Australia as well. I've seen it in a few people that I'm connected with over there. It pops up quite a bit. Um, and that's just basically the 3D vinyl. So I have an example here that we printed literally with the pretty much the same thing. But this is the same stuff that they would have used on those essentials hoodie. And I think that took, you know, 20 seconds to apply and you've got a premium hoodie and they're selling those for, you know, 40, 50 pounds a hoodie minimum. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably one of my favorite ones. But then the other one is the Puff Ink, which um, has taken over, I would say probably more so Australia and the US. Um, but we have, I was telling Kelly actually, when we were preparing for this presentation right before that, um, we were doing this slide and I went out to run a few errands at the weekend and I was in this particular <laughs> store and I was stood there and I suddenly turned around to my left and there was a girl wearing that exact outfit in a different color from the same brand. And I had, I had to take a second and go, that's just, that's bizarre, but it just proves a point because White Fox um, as a brand is Australian. It was founded in Sydney. It's still run out of Sydney. Um, and to have it, to see that over here in the UK, not even just the, the design, but the physical brand um, just shows, you know, how much of it is filtering through. And we've had some customers, you know, have real success over here with like 3D effect. Um, we've got glitter in there, applique, metallic, um, even the rhinestones that you were talking about earlier in the Q&A panel that you saw. Was that on your trip to Mexico, the rhinestones you said? Yeah. So funny enough, guys, that picture, that skull was I was walking in the airport, getting ready to come back to the States and I just froze. Now, one thing that I noticed when I was in Mexico was there were rhinestones everywhere. And I started to notice rhinestones were starting to creep back in, in terms of trends and styles, uh, probably about six months ago. Um, not heavy, right. But it's like one of those things, once you start to see them, they just start popping up everywhere. And when I saw that I like stopped in my tracks, got out my phone and I took a picture because it was almost like I needed proof to myself. That <laughs> this does exist. I saw this. It was to prove the rest of styles, wasn't it? Rhinestones are a thing. I know. 
So if you see me being an advocator for uh, getting in rhinestones, then you'll know it, it happened because of the skull tea. But what really fascinated me even more is I love mixed media and I love finding a way to kind of incorporate different textures, um, dimension to really elevate whatever we're decorating on. And immediately I thought, you know what, this is something we could do with glitter flake and use ultra color max to create that kind of um, flat multicolor uh, satin, you know, kind of sheen go go back and forth right when the light hits it you're going to get a different reflection off of the glitter versus um like ultra color max on garment but so yes i know i went off on a little little vacation spring on that but it's here it's just really up to you as the printer to to take your customer's design and go here's how we can really enhance it i don't want to say make it better but i'm going to say enhance it so yeah i think um, about using like the products that I said this in a live that we did a couple of weeks ago, actually, making sure that you're using the products that enhance your your product and not decrease it in value. I, we were talking about, I think it was DTF, actually, um, and sort of when to use it and when not to. And it was more a case of like when it suits your product and when it's going to add value, not when you think you should be using it, right? Right. Yep. Absolutely. Because it's there's so many different products out there. And even on you know the stalls perspective, I mean, goodness, there was a question earlier about like, what what should I use when? And I know that uh, there's going to be a class on that, but it really does go back to the question of what should I use when? So is it going to add yeah. value? I um, just want to touch on, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to answer Heidi's question. Um, so she says 3D vinyl is puffy and what are the vinyls? So I just want to clarify the, the 3D vinyl that I have as an example here. I'll hold it up close to the camera so you can get a look. But it's more um, of a three, like harsher 3D finish. It's still really, really nice to like wear on the garment, um, but it doesn't have the same puffy effect that puff transfers do. Um, and I know that you guys in the US have a similar 3D vinyl product um, that you can recommend. But you have, if they are after the puff effect, you have the, the puff transfers, correct? Yeah, so we have um, over here, we have soft foam as an option. We have silicone. And then we also have um, puff where we don't have the high build, which I know um, you were saying is extremely thick. Um, you can layer soft foam if you are looking for a higher dimension. Um, and puff is really going to be one of those products where you hit it once. You can't go back and hit it again and try to, to get puff, get it to puff more. It will flatten after that. So just so you guys can see how we kind of incorporated some of the images you're seeing in a retail perspective this and i'm going to do my best to get as close as possible without my light like whitening it out but so this is puff right here and then right here to the side is going to be ultra color or excuse me ultra weed so we've got a nice um very very thin soft hand on the sweatshirt where this is going to be dimensional and really kind of just puff out. So you can see that there is some height on that. Um, also a little bit of a texture because that puff is going to take on the texture. So the knit of whatever the garment is. Um, we've also got the soft foam. So in terms of something that is like, why would you use one over the other? This can be layered on. Um, if you go and you hit a two color here, you're not going to ruin the design or flatten it out. Um, both are great options, but it really just depends what your artwork is. 
this is still going to give you again some a little bit of dimension but not as much as dimension as you would get like from high build and then this is also soft foam so you can see that we just chose a unique location on this going over that quilted fabric and you're not seeing that stitch come through the material and it's still very very soft and lightweight so this garment is no longer you know going from soft and cozy to crunchy on that design So when we are talking about products, there is going to be a little bit of difference between what's available in the UK and the US. So if you guys have any questions like, hey, I really want Puff, what's my next option? Just mention that and we'll make sure that, you know, we'll get you taken care of at some point, either it's right now or, you know, throughout the entire day. I can't, I can't hit next. <laughs> The, um, while we do that, should we take the question? Um, so Kevin has asked, can we layer these effect vinyls over Ultra Color Max? Um, that's something that, do you know what? I, I personally haven't tested it with Ultra Color Max. I have with um, screen print transfers layering over the top of that. Um, have you tried Ultra Color Max layering? I have. Um, if it was a thick material, I did not get it to adhere. And this was maybe doing a wash test of five times. So I can't, I can't say yes or no because I haven't done, you know, our 50 wash standard. But I have found if you do a very thin, like metallic, metallics look beautiful over Ultra Color Max because it was basically thin on thin. There was nothing for me to grab. But I was able to peel off um, Glitter Flake. I was able to peel off Soft Foam and Flock. Um, so I did have to create some cavities. So if we're looking at, um, you know, doing something where it's ultra color max, and then you want to put dimensional product on top, the best thing you can do is just create that, that gap. So that garment show through can come and that's where the adhesive gets applied. Um, I know I'm, I, wish I, 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 think, no, I think the best answer, I mean, we get quite a lot of questions around, you know, can your vinyl do this? Can your vinyl do that? How how detailed can I get my design with this particular CAD cut? And I think that we can do as much testing as we possibly can here and we can try a million different things. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be a design, a fabric, a combination that we haven't tried yet. And if you can test that yourself, that I always recommend, even if you think you know what you're doing, always do a test run first because you never want to get to the point where you've done it, sent it to the customer and then it's not worked or it's come off and, and they, whether or not they come back to you and complain or whether they just never come back and you lose a customer forever. Like it's not worth not testing for the sake of the five minutes that it might take you. Um, so yeah, we'll always do our best to, to try and test and help you guys out. But yeah, we always recommend um, testing, especially with the thicker materials that you're doing sort of more intricate designs on. So um, one thing to kind of also touch on is if you see something out there and it's a material that you haven't been able to find or just like us, right? Like there's going to be uh, products that are available in you know different countries. It's how can I achieve the best result with what I have? And sometimes that's just getting really creative and doing your own testing. Yeah. And um, to answer is, is Carrie's that question, apologies if I've said your name wrong, um, the the White Fox Blue Jumper is Puff, I believe. Obviously, that's so different. It's a retail brand. That wasn't what we made, um, but it's as close as Puff as on the retail market is what I could find. Kelly has an example somewhere. I can see her so, digging for it. 
<laughs> I know. I tried to pull what I could. So like this okay. is also puff. Um, and you can tell that this puffed a little bit more. Uh, you can see on, that a lot better on the camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm, on the garment than the sweatshirt. And it's because it's thinner. So if we like turn this inside out, you can actually see the material pulling. Wow. Yeah. Um, to really create that puff effect. So the thicker the garment, the less puff effect, but you're still going to find those rounded edges, but you're not going to find as big of a dimensional look um, with just a thicker garment. But neither one is wrong, right? There's not a right or wrong way. It's just really all about what you're wanting, what garment you want to use and what the expectation is. Yeah. Test, test, test the whole way, I think. <sighs> That's like my favorite thing. If there's <laughs> find a solution. Okay. okay so moving on from effects, um, we're going to go into patterns because patterns are huge right now in ready to wear. And if you look around, which we have a next, a next slide to really kind of prove our point on this. If you look around at this um, and go into those retail stores or see what's around, um, even on just like athletic garments, you might not see vibrant patterns, but you're definitely going to see. Kelly, I'm just going to pause you right there. Andy's just told me we're just going to pause for like five seconds. He just needs to stop and restart this session. So bear with us, everyone. We'll be right back. So patterns are huge. So I don't know what part like we had to stop in um, on. But I'm just going to say, if you look around you from the garments that you're wearing to, to the, the decoration um, that's actually on these products, you're going to see a ton of patterns. It doesn't have to be bright and colorful. It, it could be something subtle and it just kind of catch your eye and just add a little bit of character to the garment. But these are patterns that are actually pulled from um, the fashion week again. So you've got playful geometry, you've got summer tiles, the earthbound, uh, the Holt House palms, which I think is also interesting in the idea. If you look at our colors, right, for the upcoming season, we're seeing those earthy tones, which are also incorporating those kind of earthy organic uh, types of patterns. I love the, the um, palms one as well. I think that if you skip to the next slide, it really shows in the natural. Yeah, there we go. It, I just love it. I think it works so well, especially in the neutral tea, which I know you, when we were speaking, Kelly, you said about how like um, that brings the color palette together. I, I love how you can take pattern from either being like really vibrant and out there and wacky to really subtle because I think when people hear the word pattern they automatically yes. like kind of freak out and go no that's too much and but it's proven by the way that you know Adidas have done it here even incorporating it inside the logo um just to have that bit of extra touch works really really well I I really feel like anymore with and I like the states, right? We call it Adidas, but I do know that it's called Adidas, and I love to say that. Which one is right? I'm not sure. What I think it is Adidas. Like I think that's the 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 correct way, but you know, I mean, we we change we'll things. Okay, but so everybody knows. If you didn't know what Adidas was, it is Adidas. But um, if you go look at any sports store and you go into the their section. I rarely see their logo anymore in a solid color. If they do, it's going to be more of a tonal or a, you know, a standard black and white. Everything else is patterned. And I mean, we have what, four or five items right there that are incorporating the, um, the 
was it called the Holt House? The Leafs. Um, we've got the Palms. Oh, I was like, what was that one? It's the. I think you got and it then, right. It just took me a second to clock what you're talking about. And then even leopard print is coming back as well. So yeah. it's just one of those things between leopard and rhinestone. What was, you know, popular 12 years ago, it's, it has circled its way back. And now it's just incorporating those modern uh, type of styles into those trends or those fashion trends that were, you know, yeah. once was. Um, I always know. Go ahead, Molly. Oh, I was just going to say, what's really interesting is that on the um, Adidas, the T-shirt to the far, well, it's my right, it might be everyone else's left, um, but it's got the sort of black and white pattern logo, but then it's incorporating that mixed media effect with the black on black underneath it. Um, so if you say pattern, it doesn't necessarily have to just be the whole print or the whole T-shirt. Um, I love the way that they've sort of used, you know, color on color effect there with a slight sheen to it to really just subtly mention the brand and the you know the logo really says everything there that's i love this question um it says do you suggest trying patterns out on different color palettes to see what works best in a hundred percent because if you look at that white t-shirt with the you know bubblegum pink and bright blue design if you were to put that on a black garment those two colors are definitely going to be more in your face than they are on that that white garment and you know we've talked about tonal if you guys can see this shirt jenna um had designed this set and it's it's all in those you know purple grape lavender hues so even if this was a giant flower it's going to have a completely different impact being tonal versus really having high contrast or doing neons, you know, on top of black where it's just like, wow. Um, same thing for that white and black logo. If that kind of floral watercolor pattern was bright pink, it's not going to have the same, you know, look and effect as, as what it does staying in that uh, stone or what do we call those neutral? Yeah, <laughs> neutral I think on that on that note as well, you, you are completely right. But I also think within rather than it just being the print on the garment, also the colors that work together within the pattern. I know that when we were discussing, you know, the different kind of patterns we wanted to introduce, I mentioned that I'd seen one that was pink and orange combined, which when you think about that, you automatically go, oh, that's really disgusting. But when you see it, there's so many things now that like you said about the rhinestones, it's like when you see a certain car, isn't it? And then that's all you see for the next month on the road. Yep. Like that's all I can see now is that pattern whenever I go into any store. Um, and it's, it's grown on me. I really like it. But if you'd have said that to me a year ago or, or shown me that, I probably would have gone, no, that doesn't work at all. Yes. Um, and then again, right? Like, I'm so glad that you brought this up because it says love the use of negative space as in the white tee. And that's perfect, right? Because something that could look like a shield on the front of the shirt, you know, now you've incorporated pattern, you've incorporated color, and then you're really just maximizing the garment that you're using uh, to kind of pull everything together. Now, this is a brand, right? Um, but there's, there's always a reason why you can kind of step out a little bit, just depending on, um, you know, a corporate perspective. So um this is one to kind of touch on the special effects as well as the patterns um you know this could have easily been kind of that that geo print 
where this was just, this is foil and adhesive, but it's just subtle, but it's subtle enough where you've got that negative space pulling through. If this would have been on a royal blue garment, it would not have this same effect, kind of like what we saw that, you know, that metallic gold earlier. The colors that you've chosen there for the for the vinyl as well, for the foil are, um, they're, they're colorful, but it's similar to the Pantone from the fashion weeks that we saw at the beginning. They're colors, but they've got neutral tones to them. Like that could have been a bright pink, a really intense gold, you know, a really, really bright green, but you can see that it's colored, but it's it's got more of a muted undertone to it. I love that design. Yep. And if you're like, you know what, I'm not doing glitter. I don't like the sparkle. I'm not doing it. There's always going to be levels of sparkle or levels of kind of glitz. So don't be afraid to kind of step into this, you know, a world of, of sparkle because you don't yeah. have to go like in your face. Did we just have a question pop up that I, oh, there we go. We've jumped around. We've got another one. <laughs> What's the shirt that you just had, Kelly? So this is actually from uh, the Sophie brand. Um... I'll put it in the comments because I think I'm gonna have to do some digging on it. <laughs> if there, was there another question that I can? Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, how do you introduce mm. these to your retailers? So, I think I'm assuming you're talking about making your customers a bit more open to the idea of introducing these garments. But I think one of the biggest things to do is just have that conversation and introduce the idea to your customers because it might be that they, you know, haven't considered it or they haven't really seen it as much as you have, and they need to be open to the idea of it and kind of be pushed out their comfort zone a little bit but also it's knowing your target market and knowing like what kind of thing they'd want to do um so you know if you were doing a dance company for example all of the bright um rhinestones the glitter the foil effect all of that is fantastic um but if you had something that was a bit more corporate they might be more inclined to go for like a black on black 3d effect or you know something along those lines so introducing your customers to something new and pushing them out their comfort zone, but also tailoring it to them because, you know, you know them better than anyone else at this point, if you've already been printing for them. And if it's a new customer, just do some research, ask them the question. The The other approach, because I, I love all of that, is people don't know what they want until they see it. So yeah. you have not shown your customer what you are capable of as a, you know, a heat printer because those are all heat printed, right? Like from the different types of materials, textures, dimension, that's all done with a heat press. So if you're not showing what you're capable of doing, how do you know that uh, your customer is or isn't going to want that? Um, it's kind of like the secret in your back pocket, right? If you don't tell anybody, nobody's going to know it. If you start telling people, then they're going to they're gonna want to know, right? It's the same as, you know, securing any job. I mean, we always talk about taking like a a little marketing package with you to a job meeting where you're, you know, talking about the order of like a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, maybe a bag, something like that that's pre-printed and you sit there and you go, this is what I can do for you. Touch it, feel it. Let me know what you think. It's the same thing with different effects, colors and speciality finishes. You just need to, like Kelly said, put it in front of them um, and let their brain cogs start turning to the idea of it, really. I love this next slide. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just love that everyone comes up and we're like, oh yes, we're really excited about this one. You can tell that we have a lot of passion for this topic. So I think it's like the perfect segue. We've talked about colors. We've talked about sustainability and creating unique quality garments. We've talked about incorporating patterns and just really kind of understanding how to go next level. And something that is so, so, so super simple to do is finding those unique placements. And, um, you know, that, that uh, fleece that I showed you with a raglan sleeve, it's like, where do you put a logo? Do you go, you know, kind of down here and go minimal on script? Do you try to do a left chest shoulder? Do you go to the front, the back, right? So what do you do? And really utilizing this entire space is, is perfect. And it doesn't take away from the garment to me, this actually enhances it and makes me want to look at it. So from a brand perspective, I'm forever going to know that that says inspire and it's just going to stay, you know, visually stuck in my head. I think the, the great thing about the, new, the newer placements that we've seen dominating the industry is that they're placements that we never thought would be trendy. Like when you look at them now, you go, if you'd have shown me that a year or two ago, I probably would have laughed at you because it's so in a way ridiculous when you think about it like the, the certain sleeve placements and you know the things that are like off center and on the back and there's so many new things that we've seen come out and um, even like the the nasa tracksuit which is from the uk brand boohoo over here um or boohoo man that you know if you'd have said i'll oh, put three or four logos down an arm and a leg and sell it I mean, who would have even thought to do that? But they, they're trends that are, you know, dominating the space now. And I just think it's great how versatile the industry is and how quick and easy it is to create all of these new trends with your one piece of machinery, your heat press, which, you know, is the same through and through all of these trends. Yep. That's in, and again, you know, we've talked numerous times about understanding who your customer is. So if this is somebody that does not like to step outside, um, you know, when it comes to textiles, garments, applications, they're probably not going to be the one that is going to want to print on their forearm, um, you know, with their logo. If it's somebody that, you know, they're really coming to you to be the expert in, in trends and, you know, the expert of like, this is what you need to do to stand out all day run with it but you have to make it make sense um and that's i think the biggest thing is not just saying hey we should print here here's why we should print this is what i'm seeing you know this is the type of company you are this is this is how you have to sell it right you have to help them understand let's see the question is do you find that marketing these ideas and colors a wow factor too many buyers in retail I love I think, the combination. Oh, here. do you want to jump in? Sorry, Kelly, go on. No, no. Go. I was just finishing reading. It says, I love the combination here. What type of print are they? The placements are so trendy. Go for it. So I was going to say for this one, it's kind of, you're, you're going to answer your own question. So think about what you would see if you walked into like a retail store. If you saw, you know, a t-shirt with a really basic placement, whether that be a front print or a left chest, something along those lines versus something that was a bit more unique or, you know, the colors were a bit different than what you're used to seeing. What's going to draw your eye more, the one that you see all the time or the one that makes you turn your head and actually look at it? I think that's the biggest thing you need to ask yourself, regardless of who you're, you know, selling them to. Um, if it's if it makes you turn your head, it will make your customer turn their head as well. I like that. If you're turning your head, they're turning their head. Put yourself in the customer's shoes 100%. 
What was used to decorate the daily tea and jogger on Kelly's? Ah, that's well, a good question. Out. I was like, what is she talking about? Okay. So this is <laughs> Color Max. Um, and there's probably one, two, three colors, four colors in this design with a lot of garment show through as well. And then this is actually soft flock. So um, this is what I call it has a textured of crushed velvet. Um, so this on fleece, on blankets, on Sherpa, anything with a really, really, really soft kind of cuddly feel is beautiful. Um, and then down here is also flock. So as you can see, we've got this type of placement as well as over the thigh, um, mid thigh on the pants. And I think the front just has a left chest. Yeah. But oh, that's the back, not the front. I thought that yeah, was this the, is the back. Yep. So, you know, we're utilizing um, an oversized print versus just going about, you know, 10 inches. We're going, what is that? Maybe 15, 16 in length. Yeah. Um, did you do that with a pillow and silicone mat to save the buttons or how? What buttons, buttons on that? This? Oh, wait. Oh, it may have been a different garment. Okay. I'm not sure oh. which one. Oh, was it the one that you did? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I would just easily do a um, pillow in this. If you have a smaller platen, you can get this off the side, um, like a leg and sleeve, and you can drape this over, have it hang off. Then really all you have to worry about is making sure that you've got these two seams with pillows under it, but then you're not worried about the heating element on top of the metal. Um, the other thing is for something like that, it's really, really important to make sure you're lifting this area because there is actually, there's no give in this. So we wanna make sure that the heating element is not putting all of the pressure and the heat on top of the embellishments that it's actually going on top of the decoration. And then, yes, you could easily use a flexible application pad to protect everything and just make sure that nothing is melting, um, you know, from Sherpa and buttons. But I'll tell you, I actually love printing on a, a lot of Sherpa. Not all Sherpa is created equal, but it, it looks beautiful. Um, you find the right pieces and it can look beautiful with heat transfers. Okay, moving on. Is the next one time for some more examples? I've got a funny feeling it might be. Yes. It is. Okay. So do you want to start on this one, Kelly? And I can jump in with the examples I have here. You go because I'm obsessed with your examples. <laughs> I'll start with the examples. Okay. So when I first showed Kelly these, I swear she nearly fell off of her chair. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I had um, our amazing studio team here at Styles UK who um, prep all of your brilliant designs to be made into transfers when the orders come through. Um, I went to them and I said, look, this is going to be a slide on the masterclass. We can do something that looks amazing with this. And you can kind of get a rough uh, idea of one of them that's on the slide. But we had them create our own kind of like grunge style um, garments. So this is the first one. And I absolutely love how this came out, especially on the grey. And then I have a bit more of a vibrant one here. Oh, Andy, can you get me another battery, please? Sorry, <laughs> we've had a slight camera malfunction. Um, I'll show you the other one in a second, but yeah, let's just chat through. Um, so, one of the biggest things that I love about this trend is that from these images that you're seeing, we have a single color 
we have a soft kind of watercolor, and then we've got that faded grunge multicolor design on the last three, right? So when you think of bun, uh, bun band and grunge tees, it's really about taking that you know, distressed, whether it is like a stonewashed um, or even actual distressed garment, oversized fit. It doesn't have to be oversized. Somebody can pick out whatever size they need. But as you can see through all of those, and even on that uh, woman with the Nirvana, it's just meant to be relaxed. It's not meant to be fitted, but you can really make this whatever you want. You could take something and do a little bit softer tone. It doesn't have to be as aggressive and contrast like that, um, that kind of that cloudy blue and white. There's a skull in that, but it's not as, you know, kind of in your face or abrasive as uh, one of the shirts that Molly will show you here in just a little bit. But then the the taupe colored shirt that has stalls has floral. It has a little bit of pattern. It's got a person on there. So it's really whatever you want to make it, but just making it a very oversized print. You can add distressing in the logo or that vintage wash if you'd like, and then just putting your favorite logo on there and then just rocking it. And so I feel like this is one of the easiest trends to implement. Go big, go comfy and do whatever colors you need. She's back. I I really, sorry about that guys, hello, we're good. I can show you round two now. Um, to answer the question on screen, yes, these were both done with Ultra Color Max. So this is the second design. Um, and as you can see, they have the Styles logo in them, of course they do, but the detail that has been achieved here is just insane. Like when yes. I first saw it, I actually questioned whether they could print that and they were like, of course, why are you yeah. asking that question? Um, but yeah, they were all done with Ultra Color Max. And, to touch on what you said about the oversized part, that's one of my favorite things. Like my weekend wardrobe is just oversized, comfortable. Like I think it's still from, you know, when we were all still working from home and we yep. touched on it with them, um, you know, Stan from Bella Canvas earlier. I know that we've had this conversation with her a few times, but you know, that kind of set a bit of a standard, I think for the type of garments that everybody was drawn towards. And it shifted a little bit back since, but it's definitely, even with all of the like hoodies on the effects panel, they're all oversized. They're all super comfy. They're all a bit more edgy and trendy. And I think this just flows perfectly through to that. And, you know, even from the white on the blue, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a really bright, vibrant design. Like you said, it could be sort of muted tones through to really popping vibrant colors. So you can do both with this style, but it's more sort of the design effect that, that makes it what it is, which I love. So um, Doug did ask UCM. So sometimes you'll just naturally hear us say the acronyms of some of our products. So UCM is Ultra Color Max, which is our direct to film transfer. So um, it's funny if you if you get I know if I get rattling, I'm just like popping off acronyms left and right. And then it's like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? What are about? you talking about? We have 500 products. Stay with me now. <laughs> um, so yes, for those of you who are like, what is UCM? It's the Ultra Color Max. It is our direct to film transfer. Um, so Doug actually had another question that said, would the key uh, is to use the t-shirt color as a major part of your background? And absolutely, because the more garment show through you can get the better. Um, I, Molly, I think I told you about my Barbie tee, right? Did I, did I tell you, you did. About yes. So um, I saw the Barbie tee. It said Sunday, fun day. And on the back was a massive, like, 
tailbone to shoulder print. Um, and it was a very, very thick print. This was from a retailer that I purchased it from. And immediately I was like, I have to have this shirt. I put it on and started sweating, right? Instantly. So when you are creating these full front, full back designs, it's super important to make sure you choose the right material. You're probably not going to use a flock, right? And go all the way top to bottom just because they're it's, it's thick, it's lightweight, but it's going to be thick. It's not going to be that breathable. So just make sure you're strategic on the transfers, the, the material that you used, as well as the garment show through. That way you can utilize that as a color versus having to print, you know, like a solid block. I think as well, it's worth noting that like Ultra Color Max and all of our transfer products are, they do have a really soft, thin finish on the garment. So you would never put one on and go, oh, I can really feel that, like if it mm -hmm. is a back print or a front print. But even so, having that breathability with like slight gaps just makes it feel that bit more wearable, even if it is like the thinnest print you can get. Um, yeah, I think that's worth a really good point, Kelly. Now, I know we are like, over three minutes. So we're going to quickly just go through this next portion because this is a huge portion of, of trends. And as you can see right there, headwear, the revenue forecast for 2030 um, and US dollars is $43 million. Okay. So this, this market, that's, that's just headwear. That's not including fleece. That's not including t-shirts. Not That's not including any other accessories. So when you look at those numbers and you are asking yourself, should I, should I be getting that 360 so I can start doing headwear? It's, it's right there, guys. Like these are not made up numbers. There's the link that you can go and do more research in terms of like the compound annual growth and just really see where this market is moving forward. So with if you're questioning, I don't know, you know, if I can spend the money on the 360, um, who's your market? Do they need, do they need the headwear? Because I can tell you right now in our heat press basics class, I'm going to decorate the backpack and a hat and show you how to do a left chest on the 360. So it's not just about headwear. It's whatever you can fit right here on this lower platen. And then when we're looking at headwear, that's where the influx of emblems and patches have really just spiked. Um, people are looking for solutions to be different, to go away from embroidery. Embroidery is not going anywhere. Just like Josh said, screen printing is extremely important to our industry. So is embroidery. It's just about how to be efficient in your business. And I know we've talked with a ton of businesses that, you know, have had a little bit of struggle in retaining employees or finding new help. And at the end of the day, you just need somebody that's going to be able to understand a platen, the heat and the transfer that you're using. Other than that, being able to educate somebody how to apply is extremely, extremely easy. So we're looking at the high detail, the speed. If it takes me 30 seconds to do one hat with one unit. Imagine what I could do with having another one side by side and going simultaneously or even going, you know, one, two, three. I think what um, you said is all about asking if there's a market. Like you can upsell your current customers with things that you can print on the 360, like hats and bags. 
um even to you know i know jenna's printed sherpa on there before to help with you know not damaging the garment there's so many things you can do with that heat press it's not just hats but even if you were just printing hats upsell your current customers you know we've spoken about people running pure hat businesses with the 360 but that doesn't mean that's what you have to do um create the demand for your business that you want you know just ask people you know hey you're already having a sweatshirt and a t-shirt do you want a hat to go with that or if you're doing sport teams if that's you know you can kit out an entire team that will probably pay off um majority of your heat press i mean i know that we're going to cover payoff numbers for presses a bit more in a bit more detail in our talk um in a couple of hours but for the um 360 iq hat press that's behind kelly it takes just 81 hats to pay that off total that's it and that's around with a profit of around 15 to 20 pounds per hat which is easily doable um with the speed and the decoration that you can do with patches and emblems now so even if you're questioning like oh is it worth the investment you can so easily pay it off and then anything you do on top of that is a bonus you know um so going back to kind of the the whole point of trends like if somebody's used to seeing embroidery they don't know what's available until you show them. So show them leather, genuine leather, show them the ability to do, you know, flex style, which is going to be um, kind of like that dimensional. This one specifically is called dome and has a puff. But one of the ones that I love is called print stitch. And, you know, this is your sublimated uh, headphone with, a slight dimensional still this is terrible i need a different camera no, <laughs> a slight, i can see, it. I can see okay, it. a slight you know dimensional a look to it so now it looks like you're mixing media and you're creating something that you cannot do with embroidery equipment um just flat embroidery equipment so um for those of you that have more questions on headwear pop those in the comments throughout this entire day uh, because i guarantee you we'll touch on it more and more so that wraps it up. Um, we went seven minutes over. So uh, Sorry, we can tell that, I know our fault. We like this topic a lot. <laughs> um, you know, this, this slide really just wraps up what we've talked about. We've talked about the dimensional products. We've talked about patterns. We've talked about locations. We've talked about style trends in terms of the grunge oversized tee. And then of course, sending it home is headwear with patches and emblems, which could be an entire conversation on its own, right? So um, thank you guys so, so much. Mar Molly, I can't wait to see you again in what? An hour. In one hour. We'll be back on your screens in another hour, guys. Don't worry. Um, Josh is up next, I believe, uh, doing another session around pricing and costs. So that'll be a good one. Make sure you guys check that out. And yeah, we'll be back in an hour's time.